The following program is pre-recorded. This is Simply for Women, a place for that mom who knows the chaos of life, the daughter who faces the challenges of the day, and for those women who want to deepen their faith. God invites us to take Him off our to-do list and to simply be, to simply be with Him. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Now here's your host, Jennifer Jackson. I'm really motivated for this series because I believe that if you have a strong mind, you can have a strong life. And we sure need that, don't we, in this crazy world? The way we think is so important. And I have a special, very special guest here with me today, and that's my mother, Sherry Godby. So your action word when you had just this grief, and it's interesting to me because your grief was the loss, but it was the loss of a father that wasn't there. It wasn't that he had died yet. He eventually did die late, many, many years later. Right. But as a child, that was a great loss. It, and it so, was a great loss. And, and a grief. And a grief. And uh, it took me, you know, many years to just try to piece things together. Mm-hmm. But during that time, I tried to plant the Word of God in my heart because the Word of God is very healing. Yes. And, and it and, and helped me to have a sound mind. But one of the things that I did was I submitted to God and I resisted the devil. And the Bible says, and he will flee from you. And at one point. I wrote this prose. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read just a little bit of it. But in this in this prose or poetry, I personified grief, you know, as a person, Mm -hmm. you know, use figurative language. And so this is actually how I did it. I said, grief, I resist you. Get out of my mind. Get out of my emotions. Get out of my destiny. I submit to God. So I I just resisted in Jesus name, of course. That's powerful. Mm hmm. And sometimes we have to actually identify it and just tell it to go. Right. right. You know, when our boys were little, we would say, just say, bad dream, you have to go. Right. You know, in the middle mm-hmm. of the night and they'd wake up and, right. and then they, they learned to pray that on their own. Bad dream has to go right. in Jesus and, name. And we don't have to yell and scream <laughs> no. at the devil. He's already defeated, but we do have to resist. The mm-hmm. Bible says to resist. Mm-hmm. And that is one way that we can do it is just say, in the name of Jesus, I resist and say whatever it is. The hardest part is opening your mouth and getting it out. I'm really motivated for this series because I believe that if you have a strong mind, you can have a strong life. And we sure need that, don't we, in this crazy world? The way we think is so important. And I have a special, very special guest here with me today, and that's my mother, Sherry Godby. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> she will undersell herself to you, but I'm going to let you know that she is a. A pastor in the state of Kentucky. She is a prison chaplain. She's worked with many youth in the prisons there and worked with the Salvation Army Church, so many different churches. She's also a professor uh, at Western Kentucky University. That's where she taught. She's taught at many different schools, but she is my mother (laughs) and she's here with us. And the most important thing I think that she has to share is the love for God, the transforming power of his word. And today we want to take a deep dive into the topic of grief and loss and sorrow and how do you keep a strong mind during those times? We have some action words for you. We have some scriptures for you. And the first action word we have is that you meditate on the word of God. So help us understand that, mom. What does that mean? How do you meditate on the word of God to overcome grief? Well, how I have meditated on the word of God is to dwell on the word of God, to maybe look at a scripture in different translations and just kind of mull it over. Just, And it's not hard to do if 
when I feel like the Lord has like made a scripture alive to me, it's just so powerful and exciting to meditate on that word. And so that has been one way that I have dealt with loss and grief over not having a dad in my life. So I had to deal with that in, in, in the previous segment we talked about, you know, doing some resisting, you know, resisting grief that can just be overwhelming and never go away. So we talked about that. But then also an action word for me was to meditate on the word of God. And it it changes me all the time. It's not just then. It, it's now, too, day by day. Mm-hmm. I'm being changed by the word of God because, you know, Romans 12, 2 says, be uh, be you transformed uh, by the well, I forgot that by the renewing of your by, mind, by the renewing of your mind. And so uh, it's like uh, the washing of the water of the word. You know, mm, it's like the, the word of God is washing you clean and, and renewing your mind. And so uh, or Philippians yeah. two, five, let this mind be in you, mm-hmm. which was also in Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Right. And so I would actively do that. I would say, Lord, I'm letting your mind be in me. Lord, I thank you that that your thoughts are thinking through me. And I would invite his thoughts to be in my thoughts. Mm. I, I think, you know, it's little by little, the word of God transforms our mind. But how do you do that on a daily basis? Do you put a sticky note around the house? I mean, is this highlighted in the morning in your Bible? I mean, how, how do you carry mm. the word of God around? Do you memorize mm. it? Well, uh, I have done some memorizing, but I just try to stay in the word. Now, that just is my daily practice is to try to read the word of God every day. Mm-hmm. And also to listen to the word of God, because, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so uh, I have also enjoyed that very much listening, you know, to the Bible um, audio. audio. That's so good. isn't yeah, it? I love that. But mm-hmm. also now <laughs> this uh, I started to say this semester, <laughs> but, <laughs> the um, teacher is coming out <laughs> <laughs> this season, you know, Doyle has the daily podcast. And so, you know, we've started out the new year reading with the church. And I'm very much enjoying that. That was a little Mm -hmm. switch for me because, uh, you know, when you get into a habit, you like to stay in that habit. But I decided that I'm going to to try to to do that. And I'm really enjoying that. Mm. It's it's such a commitment, but it's worth every minute of it. It Mm -hmm. transforms the way we think. Yes. And to read it aloud, you know, that's, you know, you're, you're seeing it and then you're, and you're hearing yourself reading it. And it's, it's great. It is really great. Well, last summer we met a, a pastor, and he's also a counselor. His name was Bruce. Do you want mm-hmm. to tell his story? He had some really powerful action words, yes. the way he dealt with his grief. Yes. Well, Bruce and his wife had several losses. They they went through a season when they just had one loss after another over a three-year period. And then they also had one great loss during that time, and that was the loss of their only daughter, Zoe. They had met mm-hmm. this this young mother who said she wanted to give her baby up for adoption, and they said, we will adopt your baby. Yeah. And so they stayed with that mother through the whole thing, and then they adopted this little girl and bonded with her. And their uh, their only son was four years old, and he bonded with his little sister. And at the end of that, it was about a year time period, the mother said, I want the baby back. And that so, so hard. that was overwhelming grief. So what they did as action was they decided to actively worship the Lord in the middle of their grief. They decided to worship the Lord. So, so they put on a collection of worship CDs and they just sat down and listened and worshiped the Lord and cried. They cried out to the Lord. You know, it was a lament, you know, it was a deep sorrow and the Lord did, you know what? He inhabits the praise of his people. And so he came in 
and he was close to the brokenhearted and he you know some people say i don't want to cry but it's actually a good thing how how are you going to heal Mm -hmm. If you don't get it out and worship and cry and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And they did it together Mm -hmm. as a couple and as a family. Mm -hmm. They sat together and they, I guess they probably listened to a whole bunch of CDs. But anyway, they, so they were drawn closer together in their time of grief. That's really important because it could draw you apart. Right. But you had, they they chose together to sit on the couch, worship the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. I think actually research shows that what there's a great, chance of having a divorce after a, a, a big grief like that but or a big loss but uh they are together that's Praise good the Lord. and they focused on one another and focused mm-hmm. on the lord you know uh, bruce had a powerful activity and this is something that you could try even today even at home but you just get a white piece of paper and in the center of that paper you do just draw a scri- scribbly line a, a an ink scribble line and look at that line that's the that represents the loss mm-hmm. that represents the trauma the grief the sorrow and then look at your paper again and you have all of this white space around the scribbly line and that's where the hope is right and you take some time and in that white space write out the the things that you're grateful for, the things that you're thankful for, the things that are going well or that are working, the things that you do have, the things that you do have. It doesn't take away the scribble in the middle of the page, but it takes your focus off of that scribble. Right. And so you can kind of even identify on the squiggly line those d- difficult things. It doesn't mean that they're not there. It doesn't mean it's not on the paper, but it's not your only focus. Right. Right. And, you know, with Bruce and his wife, one of the things that they said is, you know, uh, in, in their going back to their, their uh, act of worship, they, you know, they said, you know what Job said? He gives and he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. So they they decided to, uh, you know, be thankful for what they had. Yes. And and give thanks and and um, to then focus on what is noble, right, and pure. I love that. I want to just read that verse. That's Philippians four eight, and it says, "Think about what is true. Think about what is noble, right, and pure. Think about what is lovely." And worthy of respect, if anything is excellent or worthy of praise, think about these kinds of things. And those are the things that you would write in the white space in that activity. Mm-hmm. Such a powerful verse. And it's it's almost a decision of our will Yes, to choose to look at those things. Well, you, you met another friend this summer and her name was Erica. What about Erica's story? Well, Erica had some loss in her life. And until her teen years, she was raised by parents that who were together and they were seemingly you know very successful to the public eye they were successful but they had a secret and the secret was that the dad would drink from the time he came home until the time that he went to bed and so all those secrets that surrounded that alcohol abuse you know she she did not know how to deal with but the parents wanted a, a good education for her even though they were not christians and they sent her to a christian school Mm. And at the that's Christian God's school, grace. That's God's grace. And at the Christian school, she she didn't know how to pray, but she said, "God, if you're real, fix my family." Oh, that's such a beautiful, bold <laughs> prayer of a little girl. Oh, fix my family. We can pray. Anyone can pray that right now, even today. God, yes. if you're real, yes. fix our family. Right. What a beautiful prayer. And you know, I guess 
the father was convicted of his sins and he became a Christian not long after that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And then she became a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then that led her to study the Bible. And then that led her to have a published Bible study with Moody Publishers. That's incredible. And so you would think, okay, everything's going well and going great with this this uh, young person who is a published author, mm-hmm. but she felt like an imposter. Yes. Wow. I guess mm-hmm. the devil tries to lie to us, doesn't he? Right. It was a, a, an attack. What's an imposter? What What would you? Well, that would be like a fraud. She felt like she was not genuine. You know that she was a fake. But she was so genuine. She was genuine. And, you know, a real imposter would not have the thoughts that she had. <laughs> they, w- they would feel differently. But some of the feelings that she suffered from were anxiety, fear of failure, depression, lower self-esteem, feelings of guilt and humiliation and frustration. These are some of the symptoms of uh, an imposter syndrome. She felt some of those things. It was a spiritual attack, but the Lord taught her how to respond. 